0: Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA, the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. Who, well, me? Oh. <laughs> I guess that answers that part. I, I mean, I don't know where that started, where
2: I came from. <laughs> <laughs> hey, P, they said I got to come off the
1: bench. <laughs> Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above The Rim. Welcome, 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 family. Welcome to the latest episode of Above The Rim. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Brought to you by your host, your honorable host, as always, Justin, aka Just Blaze. And this goes without saying, but make sure you go out and check out, subscribe to Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play for the new and latest episodes. Give Above the Rim that five-star rating on iTunes. To get to get in contact with me or the show, you can follow me on Twitter at. JustBlaze underscore 513 On IG is JustBlaze513 Follow the Above the Rim Facebook page as well And if you have any feedback Talk about it The Talk About a line is always open So leave your boy a voicemail And I do play them all the voicemails On the show for those who don't know um, And we definitely got a voicemail For this show Matter of fact And um, the number for the Talk About It line is 908 718 one five nine two. We back again on Above the Rim. No special guest this week, as you can see, as you can hear. Excuse me. Um, episode sixty four is a theme to this episode this week. I didn't want a special guest. I just wanted to come here, and give something nice, short and sweet. Give them a little snack. Give the people a little snippet, a snippet. It's summertime. This week, the theme of this week, the theme of this episode is Reynolds.
2: We serve him soup for free. Random
1: Spoons. Random Spoons, <laughs> as we like to call it. That was my man Cole from on, Random Spoons. Shout out to my man Rory Mitchell, by the way, uh, for saying rental season, when Kawhi Leonard got traded, when the news of Kawhi Leonard got traded. It was big blockbuster news. It was perfect timing. And we were on the same page. I had to call this one rental season, man. Listen, teams are renting players. Players are renting teams. It's the new wave in the NBA's. Player empowerment, it's at an all-time high. Half of the the players from the 2017 NBA All-Star Game switched teams in 18 months. That's crazy. Half of the All-Stars switched teams. There's a whole lot of players getting rented for one year Next season, getting those one-year deals. I think it was. Uh, I think I believe this off-season, it was a record for one-year deals, or maybe it just seemed like it was. Or I definitely think it was a record for one-year deals this offseason. season But what's most interesting about it is that it's setting up a crazier free agency next summer, 2019, signing these one-year deals for some of these players, some stars, some rotational pieces. I mean. It's creating more player leverage than ever before in the NBA. You got uh, look at some of the rentals that we got this this off season one year deals. We got Kawhi basically on a rental, which was a big blockbuster trade. I'm gonna get into that this episode. That's gonna be a major piece of rental season because he is renting OG Mello, one year deal. As you can see, I started off the episode with the OG Mello soundbite. Listen, man not coming off the bench. I'm going to discuss Melo a little bit before we get into the Kawhi deal as well. Um, keep sleeping on Melo. Watch him be unleashed in Houston. I'm telling you. Um, the Nuggets, Never Nuggets, are renting Isaiah Thomas for a year, one-year veterans minimum deal. I talked about it with Job last week. Disrespectful. they are so disrespectful. Yeah. Veterans minimum deal for two years ago, this man was a top three MVP candidate on the Boston Celtics, averaging damn near 30 a night, went to the Eastern Conference Finals, traded away unnecessarily because another player wanted out, it felt like he was basically oiling water, basically on the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James, it didn't match, it didn't fit, it didn't work, traded him off to L.A., He didn't want to come off the bench. He had to come off the bench. He wasn't starting over Alonzo Ball. He actually played pretty decent for the Lakers in that short tenure that he was there. He provided some nice scoring off the bench. I believe he averaged about 15, between 15 and 20, I think, or something like that. I think it was around 15. And he played pretty well for the Lakers. But now, with LeBron coming over there. With the King coming over there. There was no need for Isaiah Thomas, and he had to go tough situation man and now he has to sign a veterans one year veterans minimum deal to prove himself that he could be healthy fully healthy for an entire season with the Denver Nuggets and it's gonna be interesting so he's being rented as well also um by the way I do hope he balls out this year I hope he uh does earn a nice I would say next year I hope he gets a 10 to 15 million dollar contract next year. I think that'll be nice, decent. 15 mil would be nice for Isaiah Thomas. I think he could still get you 20 a night easily, comfortably, humbly, he could get you 20. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Also, KD, Kevin Durant signed a one-in-one, one plus one year deal with Golden State Warriors, allowing him to be a free agent again next year. And um, I've been saying this all along. I don't think he's gonna stay long term in uh Golden State. I think he's going to get one more title or try to get one more title because we know uh, the Rockets are winning it next year. So he's not getting that title next year, but he's going to try. He's going to try. Um, yeah, so he signed that one in one deal and also to be a free agent next year in the big uh, free agent crop, the 2019 season. So that's going to be interesting as well. Also being rented by the Chicago Bulls is Jabari Parker with the one-plus-one with the one-year deal uh, for $40 million. I believe he got $20 million a season. It's a trial ever. It's a trial period for for Jabari Parker. So we're going to see how he does. He's being rented, low-key. Both sides, actually. He's renting the Bulls, and if it doesn't work, there's a team option. They can wash their hands with him, and he can go. We'll see how that is. DeAndre Jordan, both renting each other. Mavs gave him $24 million, one-year deal. DeAndre is setting himself up for next summer because it wasn't a big market for centers this year. So he went and got the bag, got the $24 million one-year deal with the Mavs. Dwight Howard also ranting, one-year deal with the Wizards. We don't know how that's going to work out, but I have hopes for the Wizards. They're an interesting team coming up next season, so look out for them. Trevor Reza, rental season. Come on, man, Trevor Reza. We serve him soup for free. Random Spoons! It's Random Spoons for Trevor Reeds. He went and got the bag. $15 million to the Phoenix Suns. When and left the Houston Rockets. I'm still mad about that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, J.J. Reddick, also renting. One-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Tyreek Evans, a one-year deal with the Indiana Pacers. The entire Laker roster has a one-year deal. Born Reddy, Rondo, JaVale McGee. Michael Beasley, KCP, everybody on that Laker roster is on a one-year deal except LeBron. And last but not least, DeMarcus Cousins. It's rental season for him too. Rental, playing with the Warriors, trying to get a cheap title, trying to cheat his— I wouldn't say cheat because, like I said, a lot lot of teams didn't take a chance on him. Like I said, I was mad about it at first, but if a lot of teams didn't offer him— You can't be mad at the guy for going to Golden State, but we'll see because we don't know how he's going to be this year. We don't know how healthy he will be coming back from an Achilles injury. That's a big-time injury that you have to recover from. He's a big man. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a bigger recovery time for him. So we'll see how that shakes out. But the Golden State Warriors are one of the few teams that have the luxury of waiting out his injury. They don't have to rush DeMarcus Cousins' back. So it is the best possible spot, I would say, for him. He doesn't have to do much when he returns, but we'll see. His personality, I wouldn't say, is the greatest fit with Golden State, but they all did give the okay. We'll see how it goes. Some other news around the league. The Cavaliers. The Cavaliers signed Kevin Love, re-signed Kevin Love, excuse me, to a four-year, $120 million extension. What are they thinking? (coughs) Must be the D-Rugs. It must be. It must be. The Cavaliers, for $120 million, four-year extension. LeBron left, and now it's just time for mediocre season. It's mediocre season for the Cavaliers right now. Why would you rebuild with an injury-prone, two left feet, Kevin Love as your centerpiece? I don't understand the logic. <clears throat> I don't understand the logic. Kevin Love, I mean maybe it's for trade bait down the line, maybe we'll see how that goes. But I feel like the Cavs on rebuild mold. And I think you can got you could have You could have received a very decent return. A very quality return for Kevin Love. He's still an all-star caliber player. You could have got some draft picks. You could have got a fringe all-star type player back. <clears throat> you could have got something for Kevin Love. And I just think the Cavs, I didn't think they did well a great service by re-signing Kevin Love. I'm just not a Kevin Love fan, but we'll see. A lot of people, like my man g thinks the Cavs are gonna make the playoffs this year with that roster. I don't see it. Maybe a A-C, maybe, but I don't see it. I don't see it, forgive me. The mellow disrespect. You're so disrespectful. Yeah. I gotta talk on the mellow disrespect. You see how I used the mellow sound by earlier in the episode, the mellow disrespect It's getting out of hand. It's out of hand. I remember, uh, I think it was playoff time. I think it was around the Eastern Conference Finals. There was an Instagram post that came out talking about uh, Kyle Corver, Ashton Kutcher, saying that Kyle Corver was a better player than Carmelo Anthony. I remember when some of you guys on Twitter had the nerve, the nerve, the audacity, the disrespect. I'll
2: be on the mouth.
1: Must have been on the mouth, Right telling me that Kyle Corva is a better player than Carmelo Anthony. And last year, you guys judged Carmelo Anthony, a career 24 points per game scorer, off of one bad year when he wasn't utilized properly, didn't have a proper game plan around him, didn't have a competent coach with a competent game plan. And he had the worst career, the worst year of his career, excuse me, ever, and it was still 16 points per game. I'll take that on the Houston Rockets any day of the week. That was 16 points per game. Trevor Ariza is a career 10 points per game scorer. He was never the scorer that Melo is. He's never the scorer that Melo was. He's a better defender, the better individual perimeter defender, but he's not a better three-point shooter. They're damn near the same in three-point shooting, and I'll explain that as well. Listen, Houston Rockets, right? I'm going to discuss it a little bit before I get into the Kawhi saga. (coughs) Losing Trevor Reza, losing Luke the Prince, you know. First of all, half of y'all didn't even know who Luke the Prince was. I've been I've been calling for Luke the Prince for about two, three years now when he was on the L.A. Clippers. So half of y'all was hating on Luke. Now you're trying to give him love, acting like he's a, a a major piece being lost by the Houston Rockets. But pump the brakes, right? Losing both of these two, it's not it's a deal, but it's not that big of a deal. Both of these two can be replaced, right? Last year. The Rockets, they were 14-0 in games where Trevor Reason missed this season, and he won 65 games, despite Luke missing 21 games as well. Both of these guys, they're not easily replaceable, but they're replaceable. Trust me when I tell you, as long as the core is there, James Harden, we know he's going to be there. CP3, we got him locked up. The point guard, we know he's going to be there. Clint Capella finally got knocked, uh, locked up. Shout-out to Clint Capella for getting his money. A five-year, $90 million extension. Nice deal for him. And it's sort of a bargain for what basically could be top three, top five center in the league. He's making, I believe, $80 million per year. That's pretty good for Clint Capella. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good. Everyone else on the roster has a role to fill. And Melo coming along, he will play his role as well. And the duties of Trevor Reza, Luke, and Bob Mute. The duties of both of those two would be split nicely and evenly between Carmelo Anthony and James Ennis. Don't sleep on James Ennis as well, all right? Listen, their main purpose was for, was for the matchup of Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. And did they shut anyone down? Did Luke shut anyone down in that series? Luke barely played. Trevor Reza, he didn't shut Kevin Durant down. He made him work a little bit, but did he really? Because Kevin Durant was definitely dominating the Houston Rockets in that series easily. And you can't shut down KD regardless. And I've been saying this for a long time now. Having Melo inserted in the lineup instead of Ariza is better for playoff matchups. It's a lot better. A lot better. Melo forces wings like KD, LeBron, others to actually play defense on the other end rather than rest, rather than relaxed. With Trevor Ariza, basically all he does out there is spot up at the three-point line. He's not an off-the-dribble threat. He wasn't a viable threat off the dribble and the way that Melo can be, excuse me. And playing with two of the best playmakers in the league, James Harden, Chris Paul, it's going to unleash Melo's offense even more in a way that it wasn't unleashed last year with a uh, stat chasing Westbrook. He's not going to have the same spot-up jumpers. It's, it's going to be different spot-up jumpers, I'm telling you. Melo, Melo and Ariza. A lot of people think that uh, Trevor Ariza is such a better shooter than Carmelo Anthony. And I did some research over the past eight years. They shot, ex- they both of them shot exactly 36% from the field from three. Both of them shot the same exact percentage. So Melo is just as good of a shooter. For people that love to sway that narrative, and Melo will be starting. So cut the bullshit. Melo will be starting. His role is going to be a lot of trail threes. A lot of catch and shoots. A lot of small ball for Popman for C.P. and Harden. And he's going to be on the same substitution method. The same substitution method as Chris Paul was last year. they're going to play the first. Eric Gordon and James Ennis is going to come in. C.P. and Melo is going to go to the bench in the second quarter. And they're going to play against the second units when they come back in. And uh, also, James Ennis, as I brought up before. Well, I'm not saying he's as good as... Trevor Reeves on defensive end or just as good as Luke in the defensive end, the Prince. But he's a good, he's a younger defensive wing. He's likely to improve. He plays hard and I think he can contri- he can contribute in a multitude of ways this season. A lot for the Houston Rockets. I think he bec- he can become a key rotational piece and I think he's got all the fundamentals. He can shoot the three. He can handle the rock a little bit. He's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he got some good size. He can play the three. He can play the four. He's a rough rider. He's not going to get bullied around. I'm telling you, Houston got a bunch of grown men on this squad. A bunch of grown men, which this is going to be crucial in the playoffs. That's how we won. That's how we were up. Excuse me. That's how the Houston Rockets were up in the series against the Golden State Warriors. It was about the physicality and the defense that they played. And Melo gives them another aspect of bully ball. Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden, Chris Paul, that's a big, strong start in five unit. Trust me, the Rockets are going to get better. And point blank, period. Look at this. Trevor Reza, Luke and Bob Moulton, they combined, they would have cost the Rockets $19.3 million. 19.3 $19.3 Carmelo Anthony, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams. Combined cost $5.8 mil. End of story. 19.3 to 5.8. I'll take that any day of the week. So moving on. The big trade. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard finally got dealt to the Toronto Raptors. Along with Danny Green, DeMar DeFrozen, Yaka Poto. I don't even know who that dude. No, Yaka Poto, he played a few minutes, but uh, he's a throw-in. And a protected first round, 2019 first round pick. Ah, interesting. Blockbuster trade. We all thought he was going to go to the Lakers. We thought he was going to be forced to the Lakers. But Vegas knew something we didn't know. And he ultimately did go to the Toronto Raptors. It was a big blockbuster trade. It was interesting. And I got a lot of thoughts on this trade, man. I, I know this happened a few weeks ago, but I didn't get to talk about it yet on Above the Rim. And I, I got to give my thoughts on this, man. Man, I'm telling you. Um,. So we had a voicemail on the line as well, on the Talk About It line. My man Ray Jarvis called in, host of the Gray Area, and he called in to give his thoughts on the uh, Kawhi, DeMar DeRozan trade. So I feel like this will be a nice segue into talking about the Kawhi, Leonard, DeMar DeRozan trade, and I'll give my thoughts. Let me hear what my man Jarvis had to say.
2: Above the Rim family, what's good? It's your boy, Job. Back at it once again. I know I was on last week, but I had to speak on this DeRozan and Kawhi trade. I'm looking around as per usual. I do a lot of looking, a lot of reading, and I'm seeing one consistent narrative that's being pushed. It's the fact that Kawhi Leonard is now a Raptor. He has a year to be recruited, much like PG got recruited by OKC. And maybe, just maybe, Kawhi will stay in Toronto. But the reality of the situation, and this is going to come off as a hot take, but the reality is this trade at its core was a salary dump. Ujiri knew he made a mistake overpaying both Chubbs and DeMar DeRozan. One of those two had to go. The more valuable player of the two was DeMar DeRozan. Henceforth, this trade got done. There's no way that this team could go forward, as I said after I made that bogus pick of them beating Cleveland, that they could keep this team together as currently constituted. That bum coach had to go. They got rid of they, they got rid of DeRozan with this trade. They bring in Kawhi Leonard because there's no way you could bring that dynamic duo, and I say dynamic facetiously, of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and think you're doing anything in the East. Either way, Toronto wins. Why? Because <clears throat> if Kawhi stays, they up. If he leaves, they have cap room to try to bring someone else in, or they can blow it up and start over. But I'm here to tell you, people, that trade was a salary dump. They identified the fact that DeMar DeRozan was the weak link in this situation, and it was also the more valuable link. And when I say weak link, it's because when I was watching Summer League, a little tidbit for you, just. The coach is saying that he needed DeMar to work on his defense. Yeah, they did. He needed DeMar to be more of a two-way player. And what did they do? They got DeMar up out of there and now blow the contract and bought in arguably the best two-way player in the game. Yeah. DeMar was identified as the person who needed to go, the contract that needed to go, and they brought in a player that could do what he does, but even better. It's a salary dump, and it's a hope and a gamble for more. It's your boy Jaw from the
1: gray area. Just what's good, bro? I'm out. job my brother, appreciate the voicemail. Family, please call in. Leave your voicemail. Talk about it. On to talk about a line. Job, there was a lot to unpack in that voicemail, my brother. You basically, I couldn't have said it any better. You basically broke down the trade a lot for the people. So I'm not gonna go into it the way you did, cause you so eloquently put it. But um I do agree with you, it was a salary dump. It definitely was a salary dump, but a smart salary dump, a smart salary dump, a smart salary dump, plus a gamble that I would be willing to take. I think this trade was a phenomenal trade for both sides, actually, but I think more so for the Toronto Raptors. Listen, the Toronto Raptors, like you said, they had to get away from DeMar DeFrozen. DeMar DeRozan being your number one, number one player, you weren't going to go very far. I'm sorry. You weren't going to go very far. Toronto fans that have managed this trade, get a grip on your life. I'm going to be honest with you. Get a grip on your life. Toronto was going nowhere with DeMar DeFrozen as your, as your best player. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is a thousand times better than DeMar DeRozan. And it's ridiculous to not think so. A healthy Kawhi, mind you. We we assuming Kawhi is healthy. He's st- he's an he's staggeringly efficient. He's way more. I'm he's not way more efficient than DeMar DeRozan. DeMar is pretty efficient, but Kawhi is a very efficient offensive player. He's a better offensive player. He's a of course we know he's a better defender with the instincts. He has the instincts of a ball hawking point guard. The agility of a wing. He's long. He's lanky. Supreme discipline on both ends of the floor. Kawhi Leonard is. Better in every facet of the game, better than DeMar DeRozan. So, Toronto fans, I know you may be mad that they traded your quote unquote franchise best player that some of you may think it is. Think he Boy, is. If you don't get- Stop it. Stop disrespecting Vince Carter. Stop disrespecting Vince Carter. Okay, Vince Sanity was the best player in Toronto Raptors history and the only Raptor that deserves a statue in Toronto. Don't get disrespectful. You're so disrespectful. Yeah. Don't get disrespectful to Vince Sanity. I don't care if DeMar DeRozan owns the, the record for the most points in the franchise history. I don't care. He's not better than Vince Carter. He wasn't the player that Vince Carter was. He didn't put Toronto on the map in the way that Vince Carter did. So back to this trade. Kawhi Leonard. <sighs> I mean, like you said before, if Kawhi Leonard does ex. exist, does elect to leave next year it is in rebuild mode you get his book you get his numbers off the books you get to rebuild you get to recruit another free agent in the stack 2019 free agent class it's a phenomenal move for the Toronto Raptors and listen it's a one-year gamble you get to finally have a chance to recruit a star listen it's easier to recruit a star when he's already on your team than when you're recruiting him from another team everyone should know that already and listen, so the one thing that I do have to disagree with you a little bit, Job, is that I think the Raptors actually do have a real chance of swaying Kawhi Leonard. Of, and I don't think you could really count out the idea of Kawhi Leonard staying in Canada after this year, man. I think it's more of a possibility that people may think, I know his first choice is LA, and I still think that is the first choice. LA meaning the Clippers or the Lakers, right? But. I started to think about it for a little bit. Toronto Raptors is for the type of person that Kawhi Leonard is. They definitely might have an opportunity. I'm going to break down a couple of reasons why I think they might have an opportunity. And um, before we go there, uh, the new coach, I think his name is Nick Nurse, I believe, double N, um, he had a meeting with Kawhi Leonard. The first meeting between the coach, the rookie head coach, (coughs) excuse me, of the Toronto Raptors. And he said uh, that Kawhi. Lit up like a Christmas tree. Boy, if you don't get... Kawhi lit up like a Christmas tree in his meeting when he met him for the first time, saying that uh, he fell in love with the game plan, the schemes, and he he, uh, he said they were talking for hours. They had to uh, keep knocking on the door to get them out the room. I don't know about all that. I know he's stretching the truth, but I think it's a great opportunity for Kawhi Leonard. Like I said before, Toronto fans... Cut the nonsense out if you're mad about that. Cut the nonsense. The thing is that the big question is if Kawhi Linden would want to stay in Toronto past the season and sign long term. So how was I sat down and I thought about it. Sometimes three teams in three years isn't necessarily a good look at all the time. Think about it. Three teams in three years. He'll be on the Spurs. He'll be on the Raptors. And then if he ultimately leaves to go to one of the L.A. teams... It will be the Lakers or Clippers. That will be his third team in three years. And when you look at all-time greats sometimes, you want to have or you try to have the least amount of teams on your resume as possible, especially if you want to be in the route Mount Rushmore players, if you want to be known as one of the top five in your position of all time, which Kawhi Leonard does have a chance to be. Top five small forward of all time. He definitely has a chance. He has a lot more years left in his career. So let's talk about some of the benefits of him being on Toronto that they could possibly sway him in. So before we start, the most crucial factor in all of this to keep in mind is that Kawhi Kawhi Leonard already has a title and a finals MVP. So that's a crucial factor. He's not as hungry for a title as some other stars may be. So it might be a little bit more about lifestyle and basketball fit when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, right? So first off, it's a weaker conference, the Eastern Conference. We all know this. Playing against inferior teams in the East, it's an easier path to the finals. We know this. Easier to win. Playing in the West, and the Spurs, it's a dogfight every single night. You're playing against better teams, playing against better comp, better coaches. It's a dogfight. Second, sometimes getting to the second round is a is a successful season in the West. And that's not successful enough, especially not in a Spurs organization. Not at all. Also, easier all-star appearances and all-NBA appearances, which leads to more money, more moolah. More moolah. The big ball away. That's the big ball away. Leading to more moolah, more incentives in your contract, right? Think about it. More Easier to make an all-star. In the West, you're still battling for an all-star spot. In the East, it's a light work all-star spot. You're the... You're definitely top three in the conference. Could be the best player. Could be the second best. Could, you're definitely top three in your conference easily, without a doubt. That's important, all right? Also, a chance of being the best player in the conference, like I said before, and also having it having an entire offensive system catered to your strengths. We talked about Nick Nurse before, the new coach at the Toronto Raptors. He's going to cater his ent- entire offensive game plan to Kawhi Lennon. That's something intriguing as well. You're going to have a whole country a whole and a whole city in Toronto, a whole country in Canada that you can own. Think about it. Toronto takes care of their stars. Vince Carter was a god in his Toronto days. Look how they stuck by Chubbs, Fat Lowry, and mediocrity all of these years. And DeMar DeRozan, you guys have been... Sniffing mediocrity for a year. Second round, negrits gets to the conference finals, getting sweep, 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 sweep. And they stuck by you guys. Think about it. K- winning over there with Kawhi Leonard, it would be an excellent opportunity. And remember, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, he's a he's a low-maintenance star. And Toronto is fairly a mild city, in, in my opinion. Their, their, the media isn't too harsh. There isn't a negative stigma around the franchise other than the little loyalty issue with Demar, But that's light work. And last but not least, the most important factor, the Drake effect. The Drake effect in Toronto is a thing. It's a slight thing. It could be a big thing, but it's a thing. Think about it. I'll say this loud and clear so y'all hear me. Everyone wants to be loved. Think about it. Every person on this earth wants to feel wanted, right? Drake will be rolling out the red carpet for this man. Taking him to events, raising his international star value. Now he's going to be a star in Canada. He's going to be a star in the U.S. and the NBA. Having Drake next to you is is great PR work. They're going to up your popularity, which ultimately leads to more money in your pocket. Kawhi Leonard, he doesn't want to work. He may not want to work as hard as other stars doing excess amount of commercials. You can do a commercial with Drake representing Canada. Easy money. For locker easy money. A OVO guest spot, easy money. Come on, Kawhi, think about that. That's also important next year to think about. So I think Toronto, Toronto, has a few factors in their favor. It's still gonna be a long shot, but I do think they have the ch- think they have a chance, man. You never know. Kawhi may not maybe looking at the Lakers and saying, "Hey, I don't know if I want to deal with that LeBron fiasco over there." You never know. And who came out who came out better in this trade? Like I said before, I think it was a win-win for both. The Raptors get to recruit a star. The Raptors get a chance to recruit a star that they have in-house and get to jumpstart their rebuild. Spurs get a quality-level All-Star in DeMar DeRozan. He can help them compete now, you know. But ultimately, it keeps them in the middle of the pack of the West. It does. But ultimately, I like DeMar DeRozan's fit. San Antonio. But I just gotta laugh though, really quick, because this man has been petrified of LeBron James for about eight years now. LeBron finally moves to the West. So you think you have a chance to compete? Now you're sent packing to the Western Conference with LeBron so that you could lose some more. Come on. The Spurs, the Spurs and the Lakers are definitely gonna meet each other in the playoffs. Probably they're definitely gonna be around in the same tier in the Western Conference, the middle of the pack. Um, and he probably might end up with his luck He might end up playing LeBron again Play- Playing LeBron again And we know that's an L Guaranteed But I think he will fit in well with San Antonio I still think he's going to average 20 plus this year But I think the Spurs are going to be A middle of the pack team And um, as far as the East goes I still think Giannis Atatokounmpo Is the best player in the East still 6 foot 11 Damn near point center Averaging 27 last year, 27 and 10 and 4, 53% shooting, only 23 years old. That man, he is the best player in the Easter Conference. I st- I will take him over Kawhi Leonard right now. To me, me personally, me personally. And they're gonna have a new offense next year. You're gonna have Mike Budenholzer there. You got a more modern offense, a more pace and space offense. You got Brook Lopez. You got Iguodala. I still think the Bucks need another splash. I think they need another pickup. But um, the East is wide open this year, and if you didn't notice, Giannis is out here looking like a damn man-child. A man-child. I don't know if you saw those photos. My man been in the gym. He's working. He was my MVP pick last year. I had him going to the conference finals. That didn't work out, but I'm running it back this year. Giannis is my guy. Best player in the East. I'm saying it, you heard it. Just Blaze saying it here first. Giannis compo. Best play in the East still, even with Kawhi. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But how the East how the East shakes up, man, I don't think there's a clear, true number one Eastern Conference team. I know people are loving Boston right now. Y'all rotting Boston right now. I mean, and it's understandable. They you know, they had a, a good season last year. But to me, I don't think they're the prohibitive favorites yet. I think there's certain tiers in the Eastern Conference the same way in the Western Conference. You know, um, every East team has a little bit of uncertainty. I don't know how Boston is going to deal with these new pieces they have coming. You got Kyrie coming back now. You have uh, Gordon Haywood coming back now. They all deserve a lot of playing time. Tatum, will he want to take a backseat? Tatum is a star. Kyrie, he shouldn't have to take a backseat. He shouldn't want to take a backseat. Kyrie's the best player on that team. Gordon Haywood, he wants to come in and prove himself. We'll see how that goes. Terry Rose here, Scary Terry. Bulled out in the playoffs. Listen, they got a lot of pieces on on that Boston team, so we'll see how that all fits. And uh, in the East, Tier 1 of the Eastern Conference is Boston, and it's Toronto. Tier 2, I got Milwaukee. I got Washington. I think they're going to be an interesting, interesting team. Don't sleep on Austin Rivers. He could provide some necessary pieces in that backcourt. I'm going to do a nice little uh, season outlook before next season starts as well. Previewing each team. Washington is decent with Dwight now. Jeff Green over there. Listen, Indiana also in that second tier. They signed Tyreek Evans. I forgot who else they signed as well. But the Indiana Pacers got Bella And Philly retaining their core another year. Hopefully, Joel Embiid can stay healthy. Ben Simmons as well. Um, Wilson Chandler, one of my guys, is going to be a nice piece over there. And tier three for the Eastern Conference, everybody else. Who cares? No one else is competing. You got the Detroit Pistons in there. I, mean, I I don't know what to think with that team. You got you got a lot of you got the Miami Heat. You got a lot of other teams that are just stuck right there, stuck in mediocrity. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Even Eastern Conference is going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see how uh, Kawhi shapes up in the Eastern Conference. And boy, this season is going to be sticky. I tell you, LeBron, L.A. Braun. I talked about it a couple of episodes now, L.A. Bron coming into the Lakers. It's a real deal. It's a real deal. And um, so like I said before, family, I was keeping this one nice and short and sweet. I just wanted to give my thoughts on a uh, couple of the news happenings around the NBA. I want to thank you all, the family, of course. Above Room supporters for tuning in each and every week. Appreciate y'all as always Sending the feedback And make sure you call that talk about the As I talked about before nine zero eight seven one eight one five nine two. Make sure y'all go out there You're gonna follow me on Twitter as well At JustBlaze underscore 513 That's J-U-S-B-L-Z-B-L-A-Z-E uh, Underscore 513 Excuse me, look at me Messing up my own damn name IG is also at JustBlaze513 as well Follow the Facebook page um, The family We here We here, man. It's the summertime. It's free agency. I'm going to have a few more interesting guests. I got a few more things cooking up for y'all, too, uh, towards the end of the summer. Um, Yeah, so you know how we do. Keep it locked every episode. I appreciate y'all. Episode 64. You know how we do above the rim. We out.